Hello, welcome to Donna's Intermittent Fasting Group and to a, another episode of um, the podcast and the video cast. This is episode 19. I forgot to get my music going ahead of time. I've been having so many fits with my, um, I'm going to get this going here. I had so many fits with my computer today and my outline that I was uh, going to use for this and so forth. So anyway, here we go. Now I'll get back in my groove. Technology is not my thing. Uh, disco and um, hustle, fasting, those are my things. Teaching, anyway, fasting inferno. Don't forget for your motivation, burn, body burn. That's what happens during the fasting hours. So we want to be sure that we are putting ourselves into fat burning every day. All right. So um, I'm going to talk, uh, last week I talked about vacation weight gain and um, how to lose that and so forth uh, when you come home and our experiences. I'm going to review a little bit about that, but then I'm going to talk a lot about how to avoid uh, weight gain during vacation to begin with. I have several tips that I think will help us, some things that I used specifically on my last trip uh, to Florida. So um, I talked about how we had 12 out of 14 days of um, uh, traveling and how uh, we tried to fast during that time. And I still averaged 17 hours of fasting and how we gained eight pounds each, but we didn't really gain eight pounds each. And um, of course, because that's not real. So I'm going to review a little bit of that. Um, we had no permanent weight gain from 12 days of traveling and uh, two meals a day most of the time. I say that because um, generally speaking, uh, if you are on too mad, two meals a day, and you are not having any other restrictions, so you are not doing low carb, you're not doing calorie counting, you're not doing points, you're not doing uh, some kind of you know vegan uh, vegan diet or um, uh, keto or any other kind of restrictions. That is where the boundaries are set for you so that your two meals a day will not exceed what your body needs. So um, basically, if you're not doing any of those two meals a day, unrestricted uh, will cause weight gain for most people, or at the very least, you won't lose anything. I say that because, you know, what we were doing prior to this we were probably, if you're like most uh, people who have weight to lose, uh, were, you were probably doing what I was doing where I would, you know, binge some, overeat some, gain, and then I would just buckle down and do low carb for a while and get that weight off, but not really a wet net weight loss. And so um, that means that whenever you don't watch for a while, you gain, and then you have to lose it back and so on and so forth. Um, but um, of course, it's not always permanent weight gain, and I think that's important to note, um, and we talked about that last week, uh, and I'm going to review that just a little bit. Um, we have our mind shift change with daily intermittent fasting so that we know we can eat whatever we want if it has three, if it meets three criterion. One, it makes you feel good. Two, it helps you reach your goals. And three, it is food that you enjoy. Um, by intermittent fasting some on vacations and things like that, we are going to decrease the, my, my picture's not in it now, there we go. 
I have a new a little studio behind me. Those of you who are on um, iTunes won't hear this, but won't see this. Uh, but I have a new studio, a uh, little setup behind me with fast eat and repeat, a little frame poster, a big frame poster that I'm super excited about. So anyway, it wasn't showing. I had to show that up. So, um, and so with the with the uh, vacation, we can actually minimize the damage, so to speak, while still enjoying vacation. I think that one of the things that people really uh, focus on it with intermittent fasting is the enjoyment of regular things, right? I, I, I like to say that intermittent fasting is for regular people. It's for people who just want to do regular things. They don't want to necessarily uh, you know, do something drastic. They want to be healthy and to lose weight while enjoying regular things. Now, that doesn't mean indulging. That doesn't mean overeating. That doesn't mean gluttonous behaviors. That does not mean pigging out or any of those things, but just regular, just typical. You know, tomorrow night, pizza night with the kids, um, last night, birthday dinner, you know, those type of things, as opposed to um, constantly restricting everything. And so vacation is one of those times where we want to continue, right, to enjoy those things, but it's an extended period of time, and so there are a lot of specials when it comes to vacations. And um, last week we talked about how um, weight gain is an excess of calories. Now, we have uh, some real cool mechanisms in place with intermittent fasting. And uh, those things, they don't supersede calories in, calories out, uh, because we have this whole law of thermodynamics that actually, even though we don't like to believe it, it supersedes everything. In other words, you can be on a keto diet and you can eat, maybe you need 2,000 calories, and you can consistently eat 3,000 calories and gain weight, even though you are on keto and maybe you only had 20 carbs a day. And so um, the, the, there's a lot of talk in intermittent fasting and keto circles about how calories don't matter anymore. And that's simply not true. And, and it's not true because everything shows that it is that, that calories do matter, that people who uh, eat What's that one diet that somebody did, a convenience store diet, where he ate Twinkies and Little Debbies and chips and stuff and just stayed under his calorie allotment that his body needed? I'm sure he felt like crud, right? I mean, that would be horrible. You would feel terrible eating that way. Um, and there would be other things that would be coming into play, too, like carbohydrates, especially processed carbohydrates like that, cause us to crave. And so we seldom stop. So, yeah. There are, there's a calories that do matter, right? And that is why people who are starved lose weight. That is why people on Biggest Loser lose weight. They all lose weight because they had a calorie deficit, okay? But there are so many other factors. That's the law of thermodynamics that comes first. But there are so many other factors that come into play. And that is where intermittent fasting really shines because we are utilizing our body's uh, mechanisms, the, the lowered of, lowering of insulin and the raising of glyco, uh, glucagon. And we're, uh, you know, the um, curbing our ghrelin and, and we're using our body to cause us to lose weight, which is so, 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 so cool to help us lose weight. 
Those things alone, hormones alone, will not cause us to lose weight. And so it's a combination of those things. So when you're on vacation, the problem is that the that when you have a short fasting window and a longer eating window, then you have this whole um, the calories start to supersede any of those hormones that were really helping you during fasting. And so uh, that is why it is easy to gain weight, even if you are doing a 16 hour fast. And like my husband and I, we fasted 16 hours. We, we never ate breakfast. We never ate after eight at night. You know, we still had the, the, a lot of the fasting elements in place, but our calories superseded what we needed, the rhyme, what we needed uh, in order um, in order to um, lose weight. And so you will have a potential weight gain. And so uh, with the, the calories coming into play during that. So I want to talk about avoiding real weight gains. We talked last week, uh, I talked last week, and maybe you listened, about how we don't have real weight gain of eight pounds in a week right? Uh, because we couldn't possibly have eaten eight pounds time, or it was a two weeks actually, um, eight pounds times 3,500 calories. Um, you know, we couldn't have possibly eaten more, 2,000 more calories every single day than our bodies needed. And so it's not real full weight gain, right? We are retaining water because we ate salt, lots of salty foods. We ate steak. We ate ribs. We ate fried chicken. We are um, retaining, uh, we are um, retaining water because we ate a lot of sugar, um, those type of things, because vacation eating is different than at home eating, right? And so that often happens. But but the goal is to gain as little as possible and possibly even lose. Some people lose weight on vacations because of the activity level. And so I have just several tips that, that I utilized on vacation to make my real weight gain less and to be able to do two meals a day unrestricted. And so if that's what you are after, then you want to be sure that you are uh, implementing some other strategies, right? I think it's important that we don't just say, well, I'm on vacation, so I'm just going to throw it all out the window. It's really important that we not do that. It's important that we not just uh, disregard everything that we believe to be true about our health and nutrition. Um, and while still going to the restaurants and having, you know, uh, brunches or whatever it might be that's important to you. I talk a lot at the blog about choosing your specials carefully at DonnaReach.com. I have some new articles there. I have some new videos there um, that we do have to decide when we're going to do these special things. And we can't do them all the time because then we'll be back into our old rut of special, 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 starve, diet, 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 special, 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 oh, diet, 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 right? And so we don't want to live that way. So um, I have some research here at the end of the outline, uh, two really good articles about uh, insulin and glucagon. And um, I was confused that with uh, 
glycogen, uh, but insulin and glucagon, and then one also about um, timed eating in general, because these are a couple of things that can come into play in our vacations. So we have this vacation, we have this week, and we want to enjoy our specials. We've determined what our specials are going to be, and so we are going to, you know, maybe eat for, um, you know, six to, uh, uh, eight hours a day instead of four. Uh, maybe we're going to have brunch sometime. Maybe we're going to have uh, a late dinner reservation at eight or nine o'clock one night. And so we are looking at the entire week and saying, okay, what do I really want on this vacation? What are, what are things that are really special enough to cause me to change my protocol? to cause me uh, to potentially not feel as good because one, a couple of two days that we had two meals a day that we did not have like a light meal and a different, and every meal we ate two real meals with desserts, we were feeling really badly those two days. So you have to say, what are the specials that I am going to take part in in order to enjoy vacation? And what are the things that I am going to hold on to that's my normal protocol in order to not have terrible weight gain, not feel awful, not drag? I mean, there's nothing – I think about vacations past. I remember specific vaca vacations where, you know, we just ate so much with breakfast and then lunch. In the afternoon, we go back to the room and take a nap just so that we could enjoy the evening activities. And that's just a miserable way to, to vacation, to to make yourself, to eat yourself sick, right? To eat so much that you feel terrible, that you have to actually take naps. You're so bloated, you feel so bad, you know, and so those things, those are not worth it. And they're not a part of our IF lifestyle, right? Gluttonous behaviors and binging and uh, using terms like pigging out, those should not be a part of what we are about with intermittent fasting and uh, trying to change our lives through uh, intermittent fasting in our health. In our health. So here are some things to avoid too much weight gain. First of all, um, if you are, you have to determine your fasting hours. And I talked last week about how I went into vacation strong. So I, the, my first tip is don't start vacationing before vacation begins. All right. That is the old mindset. That is the diet mindset. That is the mindset that says, you know what? I'm going on vacation Wednesday, so forget this. Once Friday the previous week comes, I'm going to enjoy my weekend. Then I'm just going to forget it because I can't do anything about it anyway. I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be gaining weight anyway, so I may as well just enjoy the, the few days before vacation. Don't start vacationing before vacation. Right? Go into your um, vacation strong. Right. It'd be nice to be maybe your lowest weight recently, right before you go on to vacation. I think that there are a lot of things that are going on with with that. Just tons of things, actually, that will be going on with that. First of all, you will be in a position of strength. And I, I don't want to over dramatize vacation. But, you know, we don't want that. Those sick feelings I just described. We don't want real weight gain. We want to enjoy it. Um, so maybe it does sound a little bit overly dramatic, but the bottom line is that um, you want to go in strong, right? And so there are a lot of things that will happen when you do that. For one thing, you will potentially be at your lowest weight when you take off, which is a great feeling, right? That's really good to be able to go on vacation, wear new clothes, new bathing suit, whatever it might be, and be in a position of strength. Secondly, you will have motivation that will be way higher than if you started vacationing before vacation. 
And so with that, you know, we're going to have this opportunity to um, to go in strong, to have motivation. You know, we're going to um, want to stay on whatever we've decided we're going to do on vacation because of going into it in a position of strength. Uh, determine some fasting hours. Don't don't throw in the towel completely. Right. So determine, you know, this is a once in a lifetime trip. I'm not going to think about it at all. This isn't a once in a lifetime trip. I want to feel good. I'm going to fast. I'm going to average 16 hours on my app. Uh, and then plan your days accordingly. That's I decided I wanted to average 16. I actually averaged 17 hours on my vacation. And then I planned my days accordingly so that some days I had some five-hour eating windows. Some days I had some nine-hour eating windows. But I would do it based on what our activities and our meal reservations and things like that were throughout that day as opposed to just letting it happen to me. Right. It's just another way that we can take control of our lives instead of those instead of um, food and uh, meals and uh, eating windows taking over our life. Uh, the next thing is to move. Now, uh, most of us probably understand that there is this element of, you know, the 80-20 thing with exercise. And we hear it all the time, how, you know, your weight management is 80% food and 20% movement or 20% exercise. And so it can be really discouraging for people. Um, and we all know people who have lost a lot of weight with intermittent fasting with no exercise at all. Right. And so, um, you know, I like to think of exercise in two ways. One, for my health. I want to exercise and I do exercise most every day in some way, um, at least 15 minutes. But like today, it's an hour and 15 minutes. You know, it just depends on what day it is and how what my schedule is. But I like to uh, have exercise, you know, a few times a week for my health. And that should be our primary concern. It shouldn't be like, well, if I'm not going to, if it's not going to help me lose weight very much, I won't even bother with it. You know, there's no reason to even, to even do the exercises if it's not going to help me lose weight very much. We need to come at it as uh, to exercise for health and for wellness. The second reason I like to exercise is because um, I personally do an exercise called T-TAP, and it is a um, strength training type of exercise, and it causes me to be able to weigh more and wear a smaller size and look smaller. Um, and so I think that that there's also something to be a lot to be said for. We see people all the time who they put their pictures up and they're like, you know, I'm at 160, and you're like. Where a six? How can you weigh 160 pounds? Where do you weigh 160 pounds? And usually those people are people who fast long because then the uh, body uses its body fat, right, and preserves lean muscle. So they fast long, 18, 19, 20, 21 hours a day, and or they do some type of strength training, toning. And because of that, they are building muscle, and while muscle and fat weigh the same, I talked about this in a previous uh, video, I don't know if it was last week's episode or not, but how when you take a one-pound Ziploc bag of cotton balls and you put that on your stomach and you remove that and then you take a one-pound bag of marbles and you put that on your stomach, the cotton balls take up a lot more space. It takes many cotton balls to weigh one pound. 
right? And so fat is fluffy, like cotton balls, and muscle is lean, like marbles, right? And so you're going to look different through strength training. Now, that's not my point here, though. My point here is that there's also, there are also two or three things going on. It's not to say that exercise doesn't help at all. So if you do um, some exercises, you're going to burn some more calories, right? And that's good for vacation when you might be eating uh, unusual foods or more calorie-dense foods, okay? So it's not a lost cause at all. Secondly, uh, there is a lot of research about how HIT high-intensity interval training exercises push you into the um, body fat burning stage during your fast faster, right? And there, and I've talked about that before, how people who have to prick their fingers, see how much insulin they need, or, you know, they have to do mathematically, they used to have to do mathematically, how many carbohydrates, how much exercise, this is how much, uh, how much insulin you need. And they used to have to do that because exercise would counteract some of their carbs and if they didn't if they only did the carbs like I had a student who did this who they he only if he only did carbs and he ran around outside and he played football and stuff uh, in the yard or some other really active high intensity activity with with peers then he would need to take less insulin because those that that activity would lower his carb effect so to speak and so um, the same thing happens with us with fasting. And this is why you'll see people in some of the groups say that they do high intensity interval training because it pushes them. Some people say within 45 minutes of that, you can be in fat burning as early as 10, 11, 12 hours into your fast, even if you ate carbohydrates the night before because of that high intensity interval training. So what that means for vacation is, and I, and I know I did this, um, where I just went and did some stair climbing for 10 minutes a couple of different times during my vacation. Um, I, I had felt like I was eating a lot and I didn't feel good. And I just, I just went and did some stair climbing and that would be like a form of high intensity training, HIT high intensity interval training is when you do a, a little, uh, a non intensive burst like walking and then you do a fast burst like running for like maybe 30 or 60 seconds of that and um, I have a walking partner now who likes to do that and I'm like yes because I don't think I do it on my own I need her help anyway um, <laughs> and so that's really good because we walk for 10 minutes and then we jog for two two minutes or three minutes or four minutes um, not very much <laughs> I'm 55 I turned 55 this week double nickels so and I feel Better than I did at 35. Of course, at 35, I was pregnant and or nursing for 14 out of the previous 17 years. So that will take it out of you, won't it? <laughs> so anyway, this movement. You're going to do a few things if you, do, if you have movement during vacation. If you do some kind of, you know, stair climbing or whatever, you're going to work through, burn through those carbohydrates from your, your TUMAD from yesterday. All right. Another thing that you're going to do is you're going to have the afterburn, after effect, and especially when you do, um, especially when you do uh, high interval training, you are that that cardio is going to cause 
your metabolism to be higher throughout the day. So even just short bursts will help with that. And also, anytime you're building muscle, so whether it's strength training, weight training, um, Pilates, yoga, anything that, that you're focusing on muscle building and fat burning and um, toning, you are going to boost your metabolism. So uh, it's real easy to get discouraged during weight training and toning because sometimes that'll slow your weight loss down. It's not really slowing your weight loss down, but you are replacing the fat with muscle. And so you don't have like a, a you might not have, this happens to me all the time when I get really, really into TTAP. I, when I do like a, 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 what they call a boot camp or something, I won't lose weight because I am building muscle, but yet I can wear something that I couldn't wear at the beginning of the boot camp. So um, anyway, movement is really good and there are, it can help you. Right. I know that, you know, they say you can't outrun a fork, but you also have other things coming into play. The afterburn, the cat, the um, muscle building and so forth. OK, now this next one is really important and it is the concept of and I'm talking about it a lot in our group. If you are in Donna's intermittent fasting group, I'm talking about it a lot in there because I'm finding that it's making a huge difference in my fasting. And that is the difference between grazing and uh, eating scheduled meals and I have two research studies here at the end and the one of them is about uh, the second one is about nothing but the effects of eating two big meals spaced apart compared to grazing and this goes back to that whole concept that we were taught during all of our other diet endeavors that we were taught to um, eat every two hours Right. And there's this small uh, metabolic benefit to eating every two hours. So people were just running with that metabolic benefit and they weren't considering the fact that that metabolic benefit was so small compared to the rise in insulin and that it takes four to six hours for insulin to go back down once you've raised it. Um, I love to teach about raise and rise. I just have to say that right now. I have some really good tricks at Character Inc. blog for learning raise and rise. If you ever want to learn about raise and rise or lie and lay or sit and set, you come to me and I will help you with that because I love teaching. Okay. Anyway, uh, the insulin rises by itself, but it is raised by your body. How cool is that? Anyway. It's not cool. We don't insulin is good for us, but we don't want it rising all the time. We don't want to make our bodies raise our insulin all the time. And so this research study that that I have tagging in the um, outline here uh, at YouTube as well as in the blog, uh, it talks about the benefits of these two meals compared with grazing. And I'm talking about it in the groups a lot about our eating window and the benefits of scheduling rather than grazing. And the benefits there are different because the benefits there during our eating window are, we're already raising our insulin during our eating window. We're not trying to keep our insulin so low during our eating window unless you're keto or whatever. But uh, the reason I'm talking about it there is because of its effect on your total caloric intake which is interesting. I'm going to be talking about that a lot next week. So uh, you can listen to that at Donna's Inmate Fasting Group uh, also. And I'm writing an article about it too. So, um, but what this means for vacation is that 
we can apply some of our fasting techniques to our vacation and say, you know what, this insulin rising and it taking four hours for it to go back down after we eat means that if I want my body to do some fat burning during vacation, I am way better off eating two meals. If I want to do an eight-hour window, eating two meals with no grazing in between. Now, I know this is kind of counterintuitive to some vacation um, thoughts that we have, some mindsets, some um, food associations. I've been talking about that in the group, talking about food associations and talking about um, food associations and specials all the time right now because it's summer in the blog in my weekly newsletter, as well as in the group, Donna's Intermittent Fasting Group. But this is really, could really have an effect on your vacation. So like we're planning our big Disney trip for the family in the fall. And since I've been reading this research, I'm like, everybody's worried about what our fasting is going to do to our vacation. We have 18 of us going to Disney World in the fall. And um, some of them, it's really funny because some of them are concerned, you know, we're not going to like, skip meals and and we're not going to like not use all of our our meal credits because we get the dining plan at disney world we're not going to oh speaking of that hi denise if you're on here listening about dis listening to our she and i have been collaborating on our, our our conspiring on our disney trips um but uh when you do the when we go this fall half of them are concerned or some of them are concerned you know that it's going to affect our vacation fun um and uh, the other ones are like, I am so getting some of mom's credits. So, <laughs> so it just depends on which kids you're talking to when. Um, but now that I'm looking at this whole thing and I've been doing this research, I'm like, you know what? I'm eating here for my, my first two mad. And then I'm not eating again for four to six hours. And then I'm eating my other two mad. And what it's going to do is it's going to give our insulin level a chance to go back down before we eat again. So we will actually potentially go into some fat burning while on vacation. So how cool is that? So again, we have this, the calories that are going to supersede. So vacation calories have got to be controlled somehow. And so we will do that in part with our window. When we determine what our window is going to be on vacation, um, but what will happen um, is uh, that we will eating two big meals. We'll do a few things. That study showed a few things. One, it increases metabolism over grazing. So I think that's really you know we want that increased metabolism on vacation, especially. Secondly, it suppresses your appetite overall. Now. Um, you, the grazing increases the appetite overall. It's what the research, this research study showed. But the two meals separated actually decreases the um, um, appetite. And this is for a few reasons. For one thing, you've got the whole insulin factor going on. For another thing, the research has also shown that grazers eat more calories than your two meals, people. So I think there, and we all know that once we, that with appetite correction in our window, that when we eat grazing type of foods, which is usually calorie dense, you know, 
my M&M peanuts for me, maybe it's something else for you. But what we're doing there is we are often um, grazing and then we're consuming calories that do not feel like we're really eating much. Whereas in the two meals, we'll get full, we will stop, and then we won't eat again until the next meal. So that's another tip. Plan your vacation meals, if you are going to have a longer eating window, to just have two meals a day as opposed to um, the grazing. Um, and uh, then the, uh, I got some stu yeah, the studies on insulin and glyco glycogen. The, the interesting thing about the insulin and the glycogen is that we all know that insulin signals the liver and muscle cells to, uh, to start using the, the glucose, right? And that's why we try to keep our insulin level, you know, down during a fast. And that's one of the huge benefits that we get from intermittent fasting. And that's why when people say, well, of course you're gonna lose weight, you're eating fewer calories. That's only part of intermittent fasting, right? It is keeping our insulin levels low so that our body goes into fat burning during all of those hours. And so the liver, I mean, the insulin tells our liver, I'm going to read this right, tells our liver and our um, uh, um, uh, muscle, the cells in our liver, our liver and our muscles, to change the stored glycogen uh, back into glucose to be burned when we go down on insulin. So when we're down on insulin, then it's like, oh, the, uh, the glucagon tells the liver and the muscles release that let's burn it off but insulin when it's high it tells the body to store it so insulin is storing and, and um, glucagon is releasing and so as we keep our insulin levels balanced we are going to give the body a chance to have this uh, glucagon releasing, using, releasing, using, all right? So it's really imperative that we keep our insulin levels low during the fast. And that's why people say, well, if you do this, it fast spikes insulin. If you do this, it spikes insulin. If you do this, it spikes insulin. And we have to determine for our own selves, as Dr. Herring says, our study of one, we have to determine what our own study of ourselves is and what really does cause our insulin to spike because that is an individual thing um, but there's no reason to spike our insulin during the fast right we don't want to do that because we want that benefit we don't want just calorie reduction we want the benefit of fasting so uh, grazing can cause you to keep your insulin high to not let your glucagon come into play to to release 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 it can cause you to eat more calories it can cause you to not feel satiated because we know we're not satiated on snacks. We can eat snacks even when we're full, right? Uh, it can cause our insulin production to increase. Again, that's storing the other hormone. And it can cause us to have excess calories, which will lead to weight gain. So let me just review real quick because I know I went over a lot of different things and I feel like um, because I was having so much trouble with my outline, I feel like I, with my computer, with my outline, I feel like this wasn't as um, effective and organized as it could have been. I'm sorry. Um, so start out on a good note. Don't start vacation before vacation begins. Two, do some longer fast leading up to it. 
right? Um, I know I did some 22, 23 hours leading into it. I was at my lowest weight. I was feeling great. Okay, then I had that motivation going into vacation. Um, and I, you also look good, you know, look better at the beginning of vacation. So that's a good feeling to uh, get your fasting hours in during vacation whenever you can. And this comes back to what I talked about in episode 18, make decisions ahead of time, right? Don't wait until you're faced with the cupcake stand. In my case, don't wait until you're faced with the cupcake stand. Instead, look at each day and say, this is when I'm eating. This is when I'm fasting. This is what I'm doing on vacation because I'm in control, not vacation, right? Um, next, uh, get some fasting hours in and plan. Plan, move either high intensity or strength training in some way. That's why the one thing I love about TTAP, I did it in my motel room every morning during vacation for 8 to 12 minutes. Um, uh, eat twice a day rather than grazing. Also, just generally speaking, we have a tendency to eat a lot on vacation and then to say, oh, I want to take the bus. Don't take the bus, right? Do everything you can to move. Do just the opposite of what your flesh is telling you to do during that time. Um, eat twice a day rather than grazing. So scheduled eating rather than grazing. So I know um, that you know, we want to enjoy vacation. We want to enjoy these foods on vacation. We want to enjoy restaurants. And I, I want us to be able to do that too. And I want to be able to do that too. But I also uh, want us to uh, not throw in the towel all the time, not give up all the time just for anything. I think that will be really important. All right. I am going to go to my uh, fasting inferno. And then I'm going to talk again after a message from our sponsors this week i'm going to talk again about the hunger control plexus slim and how you can utilize this during your fasting window or your eating window and so forth so if you want to stay on for my commercial you can if not thanks for joining me and uh for being a part of donna's intermittent fasting group all right love 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 the thought of um fasting inferno <laughs> a body of uh, fat cells uh, being burned up all right i'm going to answer some questions uh some frequently asked questions about the new slim hunger control and then i am going to talk about applying it or using it in your uh, in your regiment whatever your regiment might be and this is from plexus and uh we have two pink drinks now so if you've ever heard of plexus it is a plant based natural supplement company and all of the supplements i believe there are 20 now because we just got some new face products yeah, am i getting rid of any of my wrinkles <laughs> i've only done it for two weeks i think it's really helping already i'm really excited about uh that skin new skincare natural skincare products that takes 30 seconds at night 30 seconds in the morning you know i'm an efficiency expert okay so um but we have two pink drinks and they are like kool-aid like packets uh, that are 100% plant-based, uh, natural ingredients, right down to the flavoring, which is mulberry extract, the um, coloring, which is beetroot extract, and the sweetener, which is stevia. 
So everything is natural in here, and then it's got a lot of natural ingredients that I uh, talked about last week. Um, the new, there, there's the old one, which is smaller, that I talked about last week, that is the um, um, gut health one. And then there's the new one, and the new one, the second one, and it is called hunger control. And the difference between the two is that the small original gut health one has prebiotics in it, and everything else is the same. This one does not have prebiotics in it, but it has uh, a large amount of polydextrose, which makes you feel full, which keeps you from getting hungry, and also makes you feel full once you do eat. So those are the, they have all the same ingredients except for the gut health one has prebiotics, did just two different kinds of fiber. The gut health one has prebiotics, and the hunger control, HC, um, which is larger because of the polydextrose, has polydextrose in it rather than the prebiotics. So if you've tried the old one and you want to try the new one, get in touch with me and I can get a sample out to you uh, of the new one. And the new one is more lemony. The uh, gut health one is more watermelony. So uh, what is Hunger Control Slim? It's the second slim, as I mentioned. Uh, it is for weight. Uh, management spe specifically uh, formulated with that polydextrose that is a natural fiber and uh, it is um, at levels the polydextrose is a large amount of polydextrose As a matter of fact the original slim long time ago had some polydextrose and it this has twice that amount of polydextrose um, and the polydextrose is the fiber it's at such levels that it's clinically demonstrated to curb your hunger so the level of polydextrose in here has been clinically proven to uh, curb your appetite to curb your hunger to make you feel full longer and um, to uh, help with weight management. So a uh, polydextrose is a low calorie soluble, soluble, I can never say soluble, I can spell it, soluble fiber uh, that's similar to a plant starch. And so it actually mixes with water, uh, it attracts water and swells up in the gut, uh, taking space in your stomach. So I like to call it the natural healthy uh, gastric bypass surgery and you can take one or two of these a day and um, it does not have caffeine it has it does have green coffee bean extract in it that is one of the um, carbohydrate both of them have that and that is one of the um, cravings help that it gives uh, is with the Garcinia Cambogia and the green coffee bean extract that they both contain. Uh, but it contains the green coffee bean extract that is non-caffeinated. And so uh, they say that it has the equivalent to um, one cup of decaf coffee. So if you can drink decaf coffee, you can take slim. I am very, very, uh, uh, very, uh, um, uh, sensitive to caffeine and I can't have caffeine after one or two o'clock in the daytime or it keeps me up at night and I can drink this at night so it's I mean it has to say that it could have trace amounts of, car of, of caffeine but the studies and the tests have shown that it has never contained more than what a decaf coffee does so uh, a couple of ways that you can use the hunger control slim during with intermittent fasting
All right, I'm working on a new uh, document. Actually, this came about not because of the SLIM. This, I'm working on this. This is new SLIM is just a month old, or it's just available as of last week to everybody. Um, and I've, we've been testing it for a month or so. But a few months ago, I started um, researching the effects of different things during your fast, because that's always one of the questions. Can I have cream in my coffee? Can I have HCT? Uh, HCT, MCT. Can I have um, uh, butter, ghee uh, in my coffee? Can I have, um, uh, you know, any type of fat during my during my fast? Can I have um, stevia? Can I have lemonade if it's calorie free? Can I have lemon juice? Can I have a uh, apple cider vinegar? And all of those things. And uh, you know, you have a tendency. We have a tendency to follow somebody and then just to you know, take that as the gospel of how it is. So I wanted to get, you know, the, the full take on that because I get asked so many times, number one. Number two, when I was working on the free intermittent fasting charts that you can get at DonnaReach.com, I uh, hit upon the idea of the, in my research, of the fat fast and of how you can, how some people, dirty they're fast I hesitate to use that word and that's probably going to be a word that I'm taking out of my course actually which starts next month in July down this intermittent fasting course um, that I'm taking out of the course because I am now going in with the uh, mindset because the research is not conclusive at all on what you can have during the fast and what actually breaks a fast, and there's this whole element of the study of one and all that. So I am working on the fasting spectrum, which is a graph and some information in the course to help people see, you know, that you have to do what works for your body. And so um, when I started doing, when I made the fat fast uh, chart for the free charts, um, that was when I started really hitting upon the research, that's been about four months ago, that uh, the research of what happens if you eat a black olive during your fast? What happens if you um, what happens if you uh, drink stevia sweetened lemonade? You know, how much does it uh, raise your insulin, and for how long, and what effect does it have? And then I started learning that it's different for different people, and the research is inconclusive and all that. So, uh, how you use uh, Hunger Control Slim will be based on your own personal study of yourself. All right. I personally have two favorite times that I like to use the hunger control slim. I like to use it between 16 and 18 hours of my fasting. Um, if I want to fast for 20, 21, 22 hours that day, somewhere in there that helps me to, it curbs my hunger immediately. That is one good thing about it. I mean, the minute you drink half of the bottle, your hunger is gone. It's pretty remarkable. Um, but then it also lasts for three or four or five hours afterwards. So that's one time that I like to use it during the 16 to 18 hour mark. Um, now, I still say I'm a clean faster because it's got 20 calories, but it's got uh, six carbs, six carbs of fiber. And so the calories are like non-existent when you subtract the fiber. The, 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 cal the carbohydrate level is like almost nothing because it is fibrous. So um, that's one time I like to take it. Another time I like to drink it is right before my 
my entree. You know, I teach OMAD 3, so OMAD 3 means you open your window with a snack, then you have your entree an hour or two later, and then you have dessert or a snack at the end. So I like to use it uh, 30 minutes before that meal. And especially, I like to do that if I am going out or I am having a pizza party with my family or I'm doing something where I'm not at home having my our typical lower carb, healthier foods. Um, so that's when I like to use it as well. So if you would like to give it a try, um, I can, I'll, my store link will be in the podcast notes and the video cast notes, but also um, you can get a free sample from me. So let me know and I'll send that out to you. So um, whether you decide to use Plexus products during your fast or not does not matter to me. I am here to help you succeed with daily intermittent fasting. Thanks a lot. Oh, it was so